Listeners, we've got a brand new book for you, Finding His Unicorn by Alexa Riley, the one and only. Rosabelle is trying her best to stay positive in a pretty negative situation. Her coworkers suck, her life is lonely, and all she wants to do is be happy and have fun. Who knew wearing a unicorn costume to the company picnic would end in disaster with a hot fireman saving the day? Blaze loves working for the fire department and devotes all his free time to the guys there. He doesn't have much else, and he knows something is missing. When he ends up rescuing a hot unicorn, his boring world is suddenly turned upside down. Warning. Turns out smoking hot unicorn tails brings firemen to the yard. Get this dirty book with a little slice of alpha hot revenge. That's right. Go grab Finding His Unicorn at alexarally.com, and we'll see you in just a second. Hey, lady listeners. Hey, lady DJs. What's up? Reunited and it feels so good. <laughs> I should have sang that on Monday. Now all three of us are finally together again. We're back. We're back. We are family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so you <laughs> promised us on Monday. We're here for Tessa Bailey. We're just going to it. It's Tessa Bailey week, and we're <laughs> going to play the second half of Stripped Bear in a little while. Mm-hmm. And um, but, but you're going to talk about all the books you've been reading. Let's hit it. Because <laughs> you, you've just been plowing, right? I've been plowing. This is amazing. For books. This is I great. I haven't read in a long... I haven't read this much in a really long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it, what, it, what it is is, like, you kind of get... When you're an author and maybe, you know, you start doing favors mm-hmm. and then you kind of, like, you start saying yes to a lot of people that want you to, like, read their... Yeah first one or maybe they want to you know, blur up their book and you stop reading for just like this sounds interesting to me mm-hmm. I want to read it yeah you just for reading. the joy of it yeah you stop reading for yourself uh, I think a lot of bloggers go through that yeah, like, yeah they they just feel eventually like it's a job mm-hmm. you guys can, can relate yeah to for sure you get a little burned out on it yeah I felt yeah. that way several times so just like having this freedom of going I'm just gonna like pick whatever I want mm-hmm. And anyway, I think that's why I switch genres so much. Like I read like straight murder books, you know, like I read a lot of suspense, that kind of thing, because it's like I have to step away from romance because it is that exact same thing where it's like you just get that burnout. I went all over the place. I love it. I started with I like we talked about the Nikki Sloan trilogy. Yes. Oh, I have that. Hold on. I got them. Look at this. I'm going to give these away after I finish reading them. Can you see them? Hold on. They're so pretty. Aren't they pretty? They're huge in paperback. Are those glossy or matte? No, they're matte. They're so pretty. They're like. You know, they're not that long. No, though, so they're I'm beautiful. Surprised I they're think so the heavy. print's actually large in them. <laughs> yeah, it's Which I like. Yeah, I know. I like I'm like, that. it makes me feel like I'm speed reading when I'm going that fast. <laughs> but I am going to just FYI for those in Read Me Romance headquarters, I'm going to give away this stack when I finish reading them. So there you go. It's going to have my germs all over them. So I was in my group and I was telling them I finished these books mm-hmm. and I was like, I was like, this is not my normal recommendation. These are twisted up and kind of dark. And, you know, there's like this father-in-law who's obsessed with his son's girlfriend and he makes her do these things. Like he, he blackmails her into doing these sexual things. And it's like, 
it's wrong and it's so right. <laughs> You're like, it's not so anyways, safe. He, there is there is lots I, of cheating, but it is hot. <laughs> no, it's not like, it, it, but it, but it doesn't. It's not cheating. Okay. Like it's okay. It, it it doesn't go into that territory. Well, oh, okay. I don't want to I don't want to ruin, ruin it for anybody, okay. but it didn't feel like cheating to me okay. at all. Like. So anyways, that father-in-law eventually gets his own book. Oh, it's called shit. Redemption. Really? Yeah. Oh, fuck. It's called Redemption and McAllister Hale. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's just something about reading a book about a, an experienced, like, 55-year-old man mm-hmm. who knows how to pleasure a woman very, like, knows how to play the long game, mm-hmm. knows how to, to seduce, mm-hmm. like. Is, is patient. Um, oh, so patient. It was really <laughs> enjoyable. Yeah. It was really enjoyable. He, so he had gotten out. So he gets out of basically, I don't want to tell. Well. Don't spoil. But I, I, if I, he gets out of prison in the beginning of the book. Okay. okay? okay. I don't want to tell you how he got okay. out. Okay. Well, now I'm going to know he goes of, to jail. Okay, great. <laughs> he goes. So he gets out of prison in the beginning of Redemption. And like this girl who is like the, um, she appears in the first three books. She's like the local um, gossip girl kind of type. She knows everybody's secrets. And she's like the social media queen of the town. And she's like, you um, can't get your reputation back without my help. She's like, I'm making you an offer. She's like, I'll do, I'll give you, I'll give you your reputation back. I'll do, uh, I can do it very easily by, by pulling strings of people I have secrets on. And in exchange, I want this thing. And I won't tell you what that is, but oh my God, it's so good. It's so sexy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Okay. So, well, I'll definitely Nikki's, read it. I'm going to read this series, though. And, like, a little bit of uh, exciting news. Um, well, we had somebody postpone this season and get moved to next season, mm-hmm. and Nikki Sloan stepped in. So, she's going to be, she's <laughs> going to have this. a. Okay, I know. So, so, when do we get Cresley Cole? listen i've been uh, i've been knocking on laura and donner's door since day one since we started this podcast i was like please make my dreams come true <laughs> cressley no she i mean cressley cole she has like she she has like a hardback hardback deal i know right like, she's, she's tough too, yeah she's too big I mean, we uh, never say never, but oh my god! Um, but no, I'm super excited though. Nikki did it. Like I love. Were you like listen? You have to do that. We can't stop talking about it. You have to. Do yeah. I was like, we're going on week three of talking about. Your Listen, series. like this book, the initiation. Right. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I wonder if Leah remembers that she's met her. That I've met who? Nikki Sloan. Yeah, I think I got a picture I can find. Yeah. Pull it up. Pull yeah, it up. Yeah. Now I want it. You. We met her in Vegas. She was with her husband. Oh yeah. Okay. I, her name sounded really familiar, but I don't know if I've read her. I'm gonna have to look on my Kindle and see if I have. I don't think you've read her. I'm just saying we've met oh, okay. her. Okay. Really nice. Well, now I want to know. Now I want to pick. You'd her. remember. You'd remember if you read her. So, anyways, I, I emailed her and I told you that last week, and I yeah. reached out and I was like, "We love. I, I loved your books, and we talked about it on the podcast. Would you be interested in being on?" And she was like, "I've got this one." <laughs> uh, I was like, "Would you be interested in being on like immediately?" <laughs> she's like, "I've got this one book." <laughs> You're like, that, yeah, yeah. Um, She's like, "It's straight porn. It's like casting couch." Oh yeah, MFM. yeah. Because she said on her, and she, Tessa sent us the email, and it said on this, she's like, "It might be too dirty." I was like. <laughs> Laughed. Like, like, oh, okay. honey, no, heat is not the problem here. I messaged her back and I was like, 
I was like, we grow them dirty around these parts. <laughs> I was like, it's going to be fine. Yeah, so. yeah. Our but fields listen, are filled with nasty, nasty. We have fertile fields. Yeah. Fertile fields. Fertile fields of nastiness. <laughs> I love that. So she's, um, so yeah, she'll be on in a few weeks. But anyways, I re- so I read, everybody was like, don't move on from the Filthy Rich American series until you read the dad's book. Okay. Just the four, basically, it's a spinoff of that Filthy Rich American okay, series. Okay, okay. And then I read The Duke with the Dragon Tattoo by <gasps> I've been Karen waiting. I, I was going to say, I've been waiting to see if you mentioned this on the podcast. I was like, she hasn't told me she finished it. So maybe she's saving it for the podcast. So I'm not going to ask. What did you think? Did you like it? Oh, man. I loved it so much. I mean, it was a, it was such a, it gave me the feeling of the highwayman. Yes. In the sense of like, this man has been obsessing over her for 20 His years. His whole life. His entire life, he's been obsessing her. Like he hasn't, he hasn't thought of anything else except her his entire life on a way to get back to her. Like, <laughs> Just, I was like it blew my fucking mind that he was. If you, <sighs> yeah, if you like the Princess Bride, yes, this had serious parallels to the Princess yes. Bride. Uh-huh. Like it was basically this young, like virginal girl. She was fourteen, and then they, she finds this beaten up man on the side of the road. She takes him in and heals him. He becomes her companion, like her best friend or companion, but he's older. And so he, he he's in love with her, but he knows like it can't she's be. Not old I, yeah. She's not old enough. Yeah. She's not old enough. So anyways, a series of events happen. He ends up being like, kind of like the Dread Pirate Robert Yeah, like he's sold into slavery. In Princess Bride. Yeah. yeah. So he's like terrorizing the seas in all of the, in all of the um, Victorian Rebels books, there's this pirate. That the they're trying to there. find. Yeah. That they're trying to hunt down. They're trying yeah. to hunt him down, and it's him, mm-hmm. and he is just trying to get back. All he wants to, to do is get back to her. That's because he's trying to, to pay back. back. Like he was indentured servant, I guess. So he has to pay this back before he's released, before he's free. So he's done all this pirate shit to make this money to pay this back, so he can go get his woman. And it's taken him <laughs> all this time, and it's finally it's her fucking wedding day, and he fucking shows up. And he's like, <laughs> "Let's go." <laughs> she's about like, to marry she's about to marry this shit. old man we're out of here just, yeah <laughs> like, he's oh like let's go he slaughters the husband throws oh her in the carriage it, i think i mean oh God. it's so good. it's like i have and that in like, paperback um, i bought that specifically in paperback because i was gonna go to a polycon to get her to sign it and she like backed out and then it got canceled and all this stuff happened and i was like fuck i, I, I bought in paperback too i'm telling you it's it so fucking i may even like it more than the highwayman like i i mean the highwayman is is perfect and beautiful but this one he was just he was straight what dirty. is this called well i like this yes one. the duke with the dragon tattoo yes i like yes, farah I, like I think yeah. farah is my you favorite will love it. I, this is the one i told you i was like it's so good in audio like it, it's so the the narrator his um fuck what's his name oh my god i just said it yesterday Derek perkins he has the most beautiful voice and it's dark and it's like raw and kind of like rough and when he narrates for like he does the men and it's just like oh god it's he does the whole series he does the highwayman and all of them so it's the duke with the dragon tattoo it's so fucking good so good. The next one I think I'm going to read from her is How to Love a Duke in 10 Days. Yes. I think you said yeah. that one was really good, right? That one's really good. She actually sent me an, an email the other day. I get the arc of the publisher is sending out the arc of the new one, the a Dark and Stormy Night, which is the cop. 
He's he's in the he's in the dragon oh, tattoo. Yeah. One. yeah, he's in the. He's starting to get more interesting. Yeah, like, yeah. Because you, I was like, how are they going to make this guy a hero? He's yeah. like a he's total an asshole. Killjoy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he's then, like, yeah, you got to follow the rules. Like he's all about like following rules and everything. Yeah. And he loses the heroine in, in the yeah. first book, and so you're kind of like, oh, he's kind of like. Mm. he's been in love with somebody already yeah but he's not know. but he didn't know it was just like, she worked with him so yeah. like in the highway yeah, if you remember in the highway man um the heroine in that she worked for a cop like she worked at the police station and he was like well we work well together like i love you let's get married and she's like yeah no we i don't feel that way i'm already married so that's why i'm really i'm really excited to read that one so she's sending out the arcs like next week or the publisher is i think it's like the 20th and then i think that book comes out in june it's not that long after so but yeah the if i could recommend if you've read the highwayman and you love it the a duke with a dragon tattoo holy fuck it's so good he's just it's so good and it's pirates i love pirates i never thought i'd like pirates i I never that's not my thing at all pirates is not my jam but i'm telling when he showed up at that fucking wedding i was just like i'm in Okay, so then I plowed through all three books of the selection by, uh, oh shit, what's her name? Oh, Um, that was the YA book you told me about. That was the YA book you said you wanted to read, right? Kara Cass, hold on, let me see, the selection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they, I saw that they were- I know that um, cover. You'll know that cover, Mel. You've seen it. It's a YA book, but I know you've seen that cover. It's called The Selection. It's the selection by Kira Cass, and it kind of takes place, like, in, like, a Hunger Games-type landscape mm-hmm. of, like, there's now these, everybody's divided into a, everybody gets a number. Like, you're in a class based on what number you are, mm-hmm. and it's because America basically has, and has you know, imploded, and then, like, a new government has taken control. And one of the things they do is the prince uh, of this new, like, royal royalty. It's, like, a tradition to have, for the for the prince to have 35 women come stay at the castle, and eventually he picks one to be his new princess. Ooh. Uh-huh. I don't know and anything about these books. It's, okay, well, they're making it into a um, TV show, and so I wanted to read the books, because oh, I was yeah, like, okay. it looked interesting. Yeah. So, it's by Kira Cass. Mm-hmm. It starts with a selection. Let me tell you, okay, so they were very easy to read. Yeah. I I wrote, I read all three books in two days. I couldn't put them oh, down. Oh, shit. I could not put them down, and I was frustrated the entire time. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's like, no sex, right? Is there- I kept, I kept putting my Kindle down and going, like, oh my, oh my God. But you know what, though? The, the writer was doing her job yeah, because yeah. there is no way you're writing a teenage love triangle uh-huh. and not frustrating the yeah, shit out yeah, of everybody. Yeah. Like you're supposed, they're supposed to be frustrating. Yeah. So anyways, they were, I devoured them. Mm-hmm. They were very easy to read. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's, there's definitely, there's like the one boy that she, she loves that mm-hmm. she uh, has been in love with since she was a kid. And then there's the prince who obviously loves her like from the second they meet. Yeah. And it's, it's very interesting. Uh So I, I read all three of those and I have no regrets. But there's no sex. (laughs) There's no sex, right? There's no sex. Oh, okay. (laughs) They're 17, but, or she's 17, Mm -hmm. but I could have done with, I could have done with something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Little, little leg hitch. <laughs> little leg hitch. Little, little grinding. I don't know. Something. Just let me know that the men have penises at oh, some okay. point. You know? <laughs> they do have penises. Yeah. I, I like but to, I've I like heard to that be ser- aware like of I've, I've seen that cover. Like, it's, it, I've seen it around. And, like, I'm, you know, I read some way, but, you know, it's been a long time. And I've still, like, seen it everywhere. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that book. 
Yeah. The last one I read was From Lukov with Love by Mariana Zapata. Ooh. So how was that? Uh, well, she's my top, one of my top yeah. three. Yeah. Up there with Cressley Cole. Yeah. Uh, and I obviously mm-hmm. it was everything. It was just everything. How um, many pages like, was it? Was it like nine hundred pages? So many. <laughs> there is nothing like you know you're reading a Mariana Zapata book when you've been reading for forty five minutes and you're at four <laughs> percent. Like, you're like, oh my god, how long is this book? Yeah. It's a if you like the cutting edge, it's the same plot. It's like a uh, enemies like to the movie the cutting edge figure skaters. He is like. This like kind of Russian figure skater who is world renowned has won two gold medals in the Olympics, and then she's kind of like this on this twenty six year old who's like never gotten a break but loves the sport, and like you know he he asks her to be his partner, and she's like me, and they hate each other. They've hated each other since they were kids. They've been training at this facility together, and they pair up. It's and it's a slow burn. Like they don't have sex until like ninety five percent of the way through the book. But it is so oh, wow. satisfying when they do. <laughs> it's yeah. so satisfying when it finally happens. It's like, yeah. oh, it's so good. Yeah. And by that time, they like they're best friends. They they're best friends. You're convinced of it. They know everything about each other. They've seen each other at their best and worst. And it's just like I don't know. There's something that's really satisfying about her books because you feel like the characters truly do know each other and appreciate each other. All right. So that's it for me. I I told you guys about all the books that I read. So well, what do you have next? What do you have next on deck? I don't know. I think I might re-read, reread Cressley Cole, the Game Maker series right now, because <laughs> I'm feeling in the mood for that. Yeah. And oh, then, so um, good. I don't know. I might, I might actually, I don't know, actually. I don't know. I've been wanting to read a rock star book, but I really, it, it really has to be specific for me. Like, it has to be like, he's not yeah. a total asshole. He's not like pierced all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> just like, that has to be specific. I Rockstar is so do- dicey for me. You know, like, I, I just, like, it has to be, you can't be cheating. You can't be groupies all over the place. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not Did you read that. the paper? Hold on. What, Mel? Didn't your mom and me both read a Rockstar book, Leo? I remember it being pretty good. Oh, shit. Yeah. Because she went through a phase. Leah's mom yes. went through a phase where she burned through Rockstar. That was all so she, she would read for a while. Yeah. I'll ask her. Okay. You have to tell me what specifically you want. But I know there was one that, yeah, that Mel, you had said, you were like, tell your mom to read this one. She'll like it. I should read a Kylie Scott her. one. Maybe some Kylie Scott. Oh, because, yeah. Yeah. She's, because she's got that whole stage dive series that I need to get into. But I mostly, I think I had a dream about a rock star and his, his assistant, like coming in to make sure he stays, stays on the straight and narrow. Yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. I got to find something like that. I think that that book I just said about Aurora Rose Reynolds, I don't know if I said that today or last week. Yeah, Monday. Um, you said Monday. I think there's going to spin into rock stars because there's a band on the side. Her brother that showed up is like the lead singer of a band Ooh. that just went like big. Okay, I can trust her. So. Yeah. So I'm hoping those... That might turn into a series. There's a book called Midnight Blue by LJ Shen that is the same exact thing I'm looking for. Basically, like, this girl sent in to make sure this, like, crazy-ass rock star keeps his ass in line. Mm -hmm. And, but I'm afraid of it. I'm afraid of it. (laughs) I need someone to tell me. I need someone to tell me there's no cheating. There's no, like, anything like that. I have a friend that reads her. I can ask. I bet. Yeah. Yeah, Will you ask for me? Because it's exactly what I want. Okay. uh, Okay, I'll ask. Yeah. If it's pierced. I was going (laughs) to... I was going to suggest a book I forgot. Uh-huh. I read Dearest Stalker by Lane Parker. It's also slash J.S. Scott. I don't know if anybody remember remembers J.S. Scott's first 
series that went big was in parts. So she slid back with this new this new name, I guess, to do the parts again, but the book is all done. The parts have been put together in a bundle. And I read the bundle over the past couple of days, and I haven't had a book where I was actually like, oh, my God, you got it. Like, I thought I knew who the stalker was. Oh, wow. So they twisted it, huh? So she got you. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. So it was actually good. I was like, God damn, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> but I was happy about it. I love when that happens. And you... You think that this guy, you're like, okay, he's not a bad guy. Oh, he's not too bad either. Mm-hmm. And then you're kind of wondering what, and then it's like, nope, it's not them at all. And you're like, God, <laughs> So I'm going to wreck that one. It was fun. That's a good one. And really sweet and safe, even though they're apart for years on end, because he's stalking her for years. Ooh. For like four years, I think. <laughs> four wrong, what is wrong we're with all like, three oh, of us? That's so dreamy. <laughs> that sounds so dreamy. In fiction, it's dreamy. Yeah. Like, uh, we know uh, yeah. the difference. Thank you. We're smart enough to know the difference. Before I forget, I have a uh, I have a, a letter that we received yes. from a lady listener that I thought was really sweet that I was going to um, read for you guys. And I got it earlier in the week, but I wanted to save it because I wanted to tell you guys on here. So it says, happy Mother's Day, lady DJs. First of all, I want to say that I was originally going to type this, but I know Mel likes putting pen to paper. That's me, though. Like, I, I'm the one that likes the pen and paper. <laughs> but and that's why I appreciate this letter. Um, my name is Grace Kennedy. As a tw- she wanted me to say this. Uh, as a 2019 University of Kansas architecture grad, so this close to Mel, I moved to Orlando, downtown Orlando, not Mickey Mouse theme park galore Orlando that everyone thinks of, to begin my new adult life. I absolutely love your podcast. Thank you for everything that you do. Not only are you three extremely talented and hilarious, you are genuinely fantastic mothers. I thought that was so sweet because I don't always feel like that way. (laughs) Because of the above reasons, I've dedicated my Mother's Day Model Monarch custom watercolor collection to you ladies. I hope you enjoy. All the best, Grace. So she set these in. She drew, like, she did these watercolors. Like, hold on. Can you see this? Oh, my God. Like, how beautiful (laughs) are those? I know. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the video of, um, I'm just going to hold. She did, like, this beautiful leaf pattern. And then she did like these really pretty like flowers and stuff. Like, aren't those gorgeous? And she, like I she love did the, I know. And so she actually put in her um her card. If anybody is interested in having a watercolor done, it's GK Designs. Uh GK dot designs dot FL for Florida at gmail.com. That's her email. So she Does she have an Etsy store or does it say it on there? It doesn't say an Etsy, Etsy. no, it she just has an email. But like I saw this and I was just like, holy shit. Like I want to frame this. Like that's so beautiful. I know it's so my favorite is the one with the little red buzz. Yeah. Okay. You can have that one. I'll send it to you. You can find it. I called it. You can have it. So I just thought they I thought they were also beautiful. And in person, the watercolors are just stunning. So I just thought that was really sweet and beautiful. So she sends that for Mother's Day. Like, how Thank nice. You. I know. Like, it just, What's her name? Wait, what, tell me her name again. Her name is Grace Kennedy. Thanks, Grace. Thanks, Grace. I know. Grace Kennedy. And again, her um her email is gk.forgracekennedy.designs.fl at gmail.com. Good. Check out and see what she has. I know. Well, maybe if, if she hears this, maybe she could email us again and let us, or email us and let us know if she has an Etsy store. Yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what we haven't talked about, because I haven't been here? Yeah. The reality corner? <gasps> oh, oh yeah. Reality. What's your reality Give it corner. to me. Give me some Mel's reality. Because I want I know. have, and I challenge somebody to tell me this isn't the biggest, I cannot believe this moment in reality TV <laughs> was 90 Day Beyonce. 
Like I did a double take. Like I was like, Mel texts me. It's not happening. I text her like it's the middle. Of the- I'm like, you got to text your dad. <laughs> Cause my dad watches 90 day fiance and he, and Mel tells me scoops and I send it to him and he thinks like Mel is the greatest person ever because she has all these inside scoops. <laughs> Cause I got spoilers. What happens? Yeah, not spoilers now. Yeah. So what happens is we're watching actually before the 90 days. So there's 90 day after the night. So it's before the 90 days before they get their visas. So they go over and meet them. To get a K-1 visa, you have to show pictures of being with So the you have to actually so physically Americans, be with that person before they will let you get that visa. Okay. So everybody's flying over this season to wherever their people are. Mm-hmm. And there's this guy who we have all been dying because he's talked to this woman on a website. He's never talked to her on the phone. He's never vis- video chatted with her. He has to log into this website and have chat with her. And he has paid this website thousands and thousands of dollars. Because every time you're on the website, it charges you. You have to pay. Oh, she, to does, be she get so the money? Thinking, does she get the money? With- I don't know. That's what I was thinking. I was like, this is some, par- they're over there scamming people, catfishing. Mm-hmm. This girl is beautiful. He's like 50, 60 years old, man. He's tried to meet her three times. He did a cruise. She didn't show up. He flew over there again, didn't show up, didn't show up. And we're like, you're crazy. And everybody across, whoever's watching it is like, you're being catfished, dude. He shows up again. He knows her address, tracks her down, goes out into a place they shouldn't be. Even the producers and stuff are like, we shouldn't be down here. (laughs) (laughs) And we're just like, go home. You're starting to feel bad for this old guy. And then this bitch shows up. So she. (laughs) And we all died. So she's real. So she was actually real. fucking real oh my God. i have never like been more shocked in my life so what like, ha- why wouldn't she meet him before like what happened because she's probably just scamming him for money oh and i'm guessing whoever it is like they're like all right whoever runs this website and all this they're probably like you gotta go meet this guy because now we're online and da, 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 you gotta go meet yeah him. but i just never like it so she but she and- met him in person though like what did she do did she agree to like we engaged? She just showed up. That's all we've got. We'll see more of the final episode. But when's the final? How, how old is I'm she? I'm so old. invested in this, and I don't know anything about. She her. is like she's pretty. She's very pretty. Yeah, I watched. She's like in her twenties or something. She, how old is she? And he's sixty or something. And how old is she? She looks like she's in her mid twenties. <sighs> I think. Yeah, he even because this is the thing that people would hire. He hired a detective, and he's like. The detective's like, she's doing this with multiple men. And he's like, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me that. I don't pay you to tell me the truth. Um, oh my, my you know, there is nothing more uncomfortable than the moment on Catfish. You guys have all watched Catfish yeah, on MTV. Yeah, yeah. When that person gets found out and has to come out on camera out of their house. Yep. And admit to everything on their front lawn uh-huh. while all their neighbors probably watch. There is nothing in my life more uncomfortable than watching that. Uh-huh. I cannot admit I'm addicted to it. <laughs> Just having the, like, the girl she thought was her best friend come out and be like, yeah, I've been pretending to be a guy for the guy that you yeah, are that engaged you're in love to. With. For, yeah, for like eight months. Oh, my God. And can you even imagine the dedication that must take and the, like, sociopathy that must take Mm -hmm. to, like, really lie to somebody every single day? Every day. So what about the – so what are they going to do now? So it just ended with them meeting at the airport, and she was real. She's real. So wherever they met. I think this week might be – the final one, and then we'll do the reunion. I doubt she'll show up for the reunion. I don't know. 
I heard that she, he asked her to marry him, and she, she said yes. Uh-huh. But I don't think she's going anywhere. I don't think she's trying to get a visa. Oh, you think, think she's, she's just in it for money. the money? Okay. She's just in it for the money. But maybe she sees that it's possible now that she could get a visa. I know. And she's like, think of, yeah, think of all the money I can make over there. I just got to sleep with this old gross man. Ugh, God. <laughs> I think he meets, like, he admits, no, he hasn't. He's My husband's baseball. 50. <laughs> no, it's uh, not the age. It's the guy. I'd, I'd fuck a 60-year-old if he looked, you know, if he was hot. I don't give a shit. Those people got great retirement plans. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so should we go ahead and play the second installment of Stripped Bear? Let's do it. Okay, here you go, lady listeners. Enjoy. Bye. Bye. Seven. Yes, that's me. The evangelist's daughter, you whisper, even though your answer gets lost in the bar's buzz. Are you sorry for getting involved with me yet? I'll never be sorry, not for a minute, says Royce, his voice a rasp at your neck. I'm regrouping. Relief pervades. He's taking your announcement in stride, simply being his usual gruff self. Introducing yourself as Penelope Jessup usually leads to discomfort or even amusement. Coming from Royce, this man who sees you as the woman he desires, minus the trappings of notoriety, either of those reactions would have struck a blow. You don't know what he means by regrouping, but suspect he'll reveal all in his own time. Your turn. You rub your open mouth against his shoulder, wishing his skin was bare and sweaty. How did you go from law enforcement to... His laughter is devoid of humor. You can't even say it. You've clearly upset him, but he only holds you closer, speaking an inch from your forehead. In that club where we met, did you look around at everyone? their faces and reactions. No, just you. A low rumble in his throat means he's pleased by that admission, and you feel that vibration between your thighs, beneath the heavy, possessive male hand on your bottom. These people who come to watch me dance, they leave their polite masks at the door. They're driven by sex, their baser instincts, his chest lifts and falls against your breasts. You left your mask at the door, too, but there was only beauty beneath. I'd never seen that before, and it's mine. God himself couldn't pry you away from me, so don't ask me again if I'm sorry. Are we clear? It was more command than question, and you can't answer anyway, because his heat, the amplification of it, is making you tremble. You nod, twisting your hands in the material of his shirt, gathering it at the small of his back. Royce glides his mouth over your ear. When I worked as a detective, I went undercover, frequently. I could disappear into situations like I'd been there all along. 
My superiors took advantage of that skill. I got in too deep on a case and the department left me to fend for myself. I did some unsavory things to keep my cover. Things the department, the department that deserted me in hell, held me responsible for, in addition to taking my badge. The warmth of his touch leaves your backside, only to reappear beneath your skirt, squeezing hungrily. You're fucking a former inmate, church girl. These hands he can't keep off you are tainted. Your lungs freeze, forcing a wheeze from your lips. Lord above, you're in deep. You thought his occupation would earn the wrath of your family, but his past? They would banish you from their midst so fast your head would spin. You've been raised in the church. You're woven into the fabric of your father's, and by association, your family's rise to fame. I... The reason I dance, Royce enunciates, cutting you off, is for a reminder of what lies beneath everyone's surface. How easily people become the hungriest version of themselves, wanting you to further their ends, whether it's through a job. His mouth parts over yours. He tastes you with a slow swipe of his tongue or the illusion of sex the phony promise of it. That's what I deliver. And in turn, the crowd reminds me to keep my head down, stay apart. That's what I was doing when you walked in and sat down, hands folded in your lap, like I might deliver a sermon instead of take off my pants. Here, right now, is where you have to call it off. He's going to turn your whole life upside down flip it over on its head, and you can't allow that. Only, you understand. His explanation could have come straight out of your own experience. How often had people used your friendship to get ahead, to gain entry to your father's inner circle before leaving you in the dust with the incarnation of the weekly television show? Politics had moved into play same as they would in the police department or any other organization that makes money. And you'd witnessed it all. I'm sorry for what happened to you. I've been taught not to hate, but I hate, I hate thinking of you in danger. That vehement truth comes out so easily because it's true. Your muscles are tight, your anger directed at those who placed him in a tenuous situation. Those people who hardened him against a world that could be full of good. If one only knew where to look. You were doing your job, and they should have rewarded your loyalty, not discarded it. As for what you did, when you trail off, unsure if you should ask, his hand moves lower cupping between your legs from behind, his heavy forearm resting along the middle of your backside, pushing your cheeks apart. You want to spread your thighs in my bed and absolve me of my sins, tight little Penelope? You trap a moan. 
wrong denomination. His laughter is strained, worried. I can hear where this conversation is leading. You're trying to work up the willpower to leave me. His body is hard, so rigid and huge. As he presses your bodies so flush, so close, you can't buy a breath. If we're going into battle, my weapons are ready, baby. You're not taking the beauty away. The drug of him is powerful, wrapping your head in a dense cloud, stealing your resolve. You don't want to leave him, but it's inevitable, isn't it? Yes, it is. You can't allow him to overwhelm you into losing the only life you've ever known. Royce, his head snaps up, eyes lighting, as if two live wires have connected, sparking off one another. And you realize, you realize you've said his name out loud. Eight. The sound in your ears is muffled, layered beneath a furious rushing of blood. You've said his name out loud after he's warned you, promised you what it would mean. But he wouldn't, would he? Take you in a bar full of people? The way his teeth sink into his bottom lip, his gorgeous head giving a slow shake as he backs you closer to the bar, says he would, and he'd revel in it. Considering my job, you might be surprised to know I'm not into voyeuristic bullshit. Not when it comes to you. Between your flush bodies, you feel it. He's lowering his zipper, and your legs turn to air, to nothing. And the light, ticklish lust moves higher into your belly. But Jesus Christ, baby. We came out in public together too soon. I can feel my tight girl needs mounting. Go ahead, tell me she doesn't. We can't do this here. You mean it, don't you? Then why do you sound so out of breath with excitement? We can't. I'll stop if you can look me in the eye. His mouth moves over yours in a wicked tease. And tell me you didn't say my name on purpose. Lying isn't your strong suit, and he knows it. And until he made the seductive accusation, you didn't realize the truth. You'd said Royce, knowing there would be consequences. Your pulse is pumping with the possibilities, even as your mind stutters a denial. Since the beginning, He's been creating a conflict inside you, a divide between before him and after him. And you continue to yearn for after. Could you even expect to return to before? I can't lie, you murmur. His eyes flash. I know, I know. And it's one of the reasons I'm going out of my fucking mind over you. Warm breath fans your lips, his head tilting almost thoughtfully. Do you know how rare you are, Penelope? You're not given time to answer before he turns you around to face the bar. 
The unexpected move, sending your hands clinging to the edge. There's only a brief flash of cool air before his erection is wedged in the valley of your bottom, beneath your loose skirt. Hyper aware of the pulsing crowd surrounding you on all sides in the darkness, you attempt to pull away on instinct, but Royce holds you fast with a forearm around your hips. Shh, he breathes against your neck a second before, before your underwear is pushed aside and his full length sinks inside you right to the hilt. Shh, it's awful, it's phenomenal, it's painful, it's the epitome of pleasure. He's inside you, full enough to stretch, but he's not moving. Your stomach shudders, a pleading cry for orgasm, sending a sob, rippling up your chest and out of your mouth. What do I do? What do I? The bartender sidles up to the bar, pouring a beer from the tap less than three feet away. Your heart, lodged in your throat, is raging out of control. He's looked right at you, an eyebrow lifted. You'll be caught. There's no way out of it. We're just dancing. Royce rasps into your hair, beginning a slow sway, up and back, dragging his arousal in and out of your slickness. His locked forearm keeps your bodies in sync, creating the illusion of dancing, when in reality, he's torturing that devilish spot inside you one pump at a time, hitting it, hitting it. Any man with a pulse would have your ass tucked up against his cock if they were a lucky enough bastard to be in my position. A guttural groan raises goosebumps on your back. He's looking at us and seeing nothing unusual. Unless you count a good girl being corrupted by a fuck-hungry man. Smile. Your lips tick up in an unnatural manner, sweat beginning to bead between your breasts, but there's no turning back. Stopping now would mean revealing what you're doing, and you can't stop when the throbbing in your clit is accelerating, your inner walls gripping him so tight you can feel every nuance of his manhood, every ridge as he treats you to thrusts so slow, you want to scream with frustration. But all you can do is endure. Pray the climax passes soon before you descend into madness. Please. You know what'll get me off sooner, baby. He grinds up into you, lifting you onto tiptoes. Show me what we practiced. Say my name when you handle me. Your vision blurs under the onslaught of renewed lust, but as if he commands your body with his voice, your inner walls constrict around him, squeezing, squeezing, until vile curses pass his lips. Royce, you say, Royce. A commotion at the other end of the bar finally diverts the bartender's curious attention. A fight? Yes. You think so? 
Everyone runs in that direction, shouts lifting, threaded through with thuds, wood breaking, snapping. And then you and Royce are the only two people left at your end of the dark bar. Not alone, but alone enough for him. The realization barely has time to form before you're yanked away from the bar, before he's walking your impaled, shaking body around the bar's edge into a private alcove, positioning you over a stool, a stool that rocks as Royce drops the pretense of dancing and takes you roughly, yards away from a crowd of people, his huge body making a willing victim of yours. And as the euphoria blindsides you, yes, made more potent by the illicitness of what you're doing, somehow there's room for a certainty to form, something a little twisted and 100% undeniable has been woken inside you, and you're not sure living without it, without Royce, is an option anymore. But what will living with Royce mean for Penelope Jessup? Will she be required to vanish? Nine. Your heart is still attempting to regain its usual rhythm, as you walk with Royce down the dark, empty street. After all, you just engaged in public fornication, not your typical evening by any stretch. Royce seemed to sense you needed a breather before driving home, so he has taken your hand and led you down the deserted road and into a park. There's a slight chill in the breeze, but you welcome how it caresses your flushed skin, how it lifts the hair from your damp neck. For Royce's part, he's watching you cautiously, as if he's worried he pushed you too far. Had he? You take stock of your emotions and find only exhilaration and satisfaction. Not only because you've been so thoroughly sated, but because the comfortable box you've lived inside so long has been obliterated. You're so much freer than you were a few weeks ago. Amazing when you're so possessed at the same time and reveling in it, because he's made it no secret that you possess him too. The longer Royce stays quietly thoughtful, however, Apprehension begins creeping up slowly on the heels of your languid state. So you pull him to a stop. Around his gorgeous head, the trees whip, leaves fluttering. A storm is coming, but you no longer run for cover. You stand firm in the torrent now and let it take you. Let him take you. Why are you so quiet? That moment signals the first time you've seen him unsure of himself. He brushes at your hair with stilted sweeps of his hand, his throat muscles working up and down. I've, uh, his expression shifts into a frown. I've given you sex, Penelope, but I'm not sure I've given you romance. And it's only occurring to me now when- When what? 
He stares into the distance over your head so long, something sharp twists in your chest. Apprehension, sympathy, and disbelief. You step into his warmth as the first raindrops begin to fall. Oh, I don't know. Walking in the park at night is pretty romantic. And there was the time you rescued me outside the church when I was determined to catch pneumonia. As if he knows you're only attempting to assuage his guilt, he smirks, settling one hand on your waist, twining your fingers together in the other, lifting it to his lips. You deserve more. You deserve everything. Again, your nerves froth over like a soda float. Something about the regret lacing his tone makes you wonder if you're missing something. Isn't there time for as much romance as you can stand? He's finally gotten through, made you positive being without him isn't an option. Your opposing professions be damned. Yes, damned. But now, you feel an odd withdrawal. Not a voluntary one, though. A necessary one, maybe? Instead of asking for reassurance, though, the urge to reassure him wins out. What about the time you traced hearts all over my body with your fingertip? He brushes his lips against your temple. I thought you were sleeping. No, you murmur. I was holding my breath. Royce's eyes remained locked with yours so long, the organ inside your ribcage begins to sprint. All that intensity is impossible to escape. Once it pins you, slowly he begins to sway you, moving your body with expert rhythm. And then you're dancing in the rain, warmth pressed against warmth, the pinging drops of moisture, your own personal soundtrack, Royce holding you so close, you can't help but wonder if you imagined him pulling away moments ago. We're the only two people in the world right now, he rasps into your hair. Is it wrong that I like it that way? No, you slide your mouth along his stubbled jaw. No, I like it too. His gaze lands back on yours, the personification of gravity, and it robs your equilibrium. Penelope, baby, no matter where we go what we do, or who we are. This is all there is, just us. No one can take us away, if you trust me. Your throat constricts, the rain pouring harder. There it is again, another surge of positivity that he's fading away. But how can that be true? When you've never been in the presence of someone more substantial, and you never would, there's not a single doubt of that in your mind. Trust you? I don't under- Say yes. The dance ends, his face lowering over yours, so near his breath heats your chilled lips, lips that are now trembling with trepidation. Tell me you trust me, Penelope. There's no thinking involved. 
This man has become your protector, your lover, the person who enlivens you, body and soul, the second savior you've known. I trust you. His mouth stamps down on yours with an agonized growl. Your feet come off the ground and you're swept up, up against his hard frame, his lips and tongue urgent, rash, reckless. He's never kissed you like this, in a kiss lacking any hint of seduction, an art form that's entwined with his being like DNA. Your whimpers are swallowed by the tenacious, unceasing attack of passion, and you give over, and over, and over. Just as you're beginning to get lightheaded, he tears away, laying kisses rife with meaning on your eyelids, your cheeks, your forehead. He dips you back in a dramatic resumption of the dance, and as the wind rushes in your ears, rain coasting down your cheeks, he's given you enough romance to last a lifetime. It's the most magical moment of your life, and somehow the scariest, because you can feel an even bigger storm moving in. 10. He's gone, just vanished into thin air, gone. The night you danced in the park, Royce brought you home, held you until sleep invaded, and you haven't seen him since, not once. It has been three long, horrific weeks. You held on to your trust with both hands at first. You'd known something was coming. You'd predicted a fair amount of understanding would be essential. But now, now it hangs by a thin, fraying string. Someone else is living in his apartment. Another man who asked if you needed help when he answered the door. Based on the concern in his voice, you'd looked like a ghost. No, you are a ghost. You move from room to room in your apartment near the church, haunting it, going through the motions required by work and family. But every movement makes you feel like an actress performing in a play. Life isn't real. Was Royce real? Did you imagine him? No, no. You won't consider that possibility. How could such a vacancy exist if he'd never been there to carve it out? It's massive and deep and everywhere you look. No one can take us away if you trust me, Royce had said. But he'd taken himself away without warning. And the bright new world you created together is dimming. Dimming which is what brings you to the strip club, where it all began, where you first saw him. Perhaps you should have come sooner, but two things held you back. The desire to believe in him and the fear of what seeing him perform now, after everything, would do to you. It's late evening, and the crowd inside is only beginning to thicken. A sigh of relief races past your lips when Royce is not on stage. You fall into a lean at the bar, 
fatigue now accompanying you everywhere, and wait for the bartender's attention. Help you? Yes. Hi. You wet your lips, preparing yourself to say his name out loud. It has been so long. I'm looking for Royce. Is he working tonight? Royce. The bartender laughs a little, drumming his fingers on the wood. He hasn't worked here for weeks. Oh, it's a weird combination of relief and confusion that battles in your chest. Relief because Royce was real, not some figment of your imagination. And confusion because he quit stripping and still hasn't come to you. What is he doing? Granted, quitting wouldn't have solved your problems or made being together a reality, but it was a start. When did he quit, exactly? The guy rubs bleary-looking eyes. Man, over a month at least. One night he walked off stage, left with some girl and never came back. He goes still. Come to think of it, you look just like her. Who's this? Another bartender approaches, nodding in your direction. But you can only half hear him over the white noise tunneling through in your head. He never came back after your first night together? But she's looking for Royce. Recognition flashes. Are you Penelope? The funneling sound quits abruptly. Yes, I am. The newcomer retreats back behind the bar, sliding an envelope from under the register. He hands it to you as if the whole process was a hassle, leaving just as fast to fill a drink order. You're left alone with the envelope, an envelope with your name written on the front in a bold hand. Your lungs burn with the need for oxygen as you rip it open, slipping out a piece of paper, flipping it over in your hands. Your vision blurs as you read. You walked in, baby, and that was it. Trust me, R. After the note from Royce, things should have gotten easier, but they haven't. If possible, your pulse has slowed even more after finally, finally racing again. It was a mere bite of bread when you're starving, and the note only reminded you of the feast you're missing. Oh, God, you're struggling. Answering people who talk in a language that no longer makes sense. It's an effort and a sham. You miss bluntness and honesty. You crave it. Work is the only thing where you find minor respite from missing Royce, and your hard work has earned you a promotion within the church onto your father's closest staff. You still teach Sunday school, but your weekdays are spent creating schedules and proofing sermons until you black out, sometimes at the office. And it's in the spacious office where you sit now, documents spread around your open laptop, your wrist sore from making notes. Words expand and diminish on the screen until you lean back, focusing on your breathing until you regain focus. 
The heavy office door opens and closes behind you, signaling your father's return from his afternoon meeting, but you don't bother turning around. Oh, Penelope, I'm glad you're still here, your father booms, in a voice created to reach the church rafters. There's someone I'd like you to meet. You're being so rude, but the constant effort to maintain a normal appearance has taken its toll. So you close your eyes and wait, hoping your father will just continue, giving you some more time to work up the energy to make a stranger's acquaintance. You'll remember we've been working to fill the new youth ministry advisor position for a few weeks now, after Greg left us so suddenly. You nod, remembering the abrupt departure of the youth ministry advisor, how he'd emailed his notice one morning and left them all scrambling to cover his workload, most of it landing on your shoulders. It appears our patient search has paid off, your father continues. I had an applicant this week that stood out above the rest. An applicant this church deserves. His credentials speak for themselves, really, and now that they've been verified, I'd like you to meet Ryan Lane. Unable to put off the meeting any longer, you turn and rise coming face to face with Royce. He's standing beside your father in a suit. Little things about him are different. His hair is shorter, less unruly, and his smile is kind instead of sly. But it's him. It's him. You're looking right at him. You catch the table's edge to keep from buckling. And Royce surges forward, holding out a hand. And there he is. His eyes are all Royce, a little wild and seductive, brimming with possession. Secrecy, too. That's new. Are you all right? He asks, voice smooth and articulate. The usual gruffness is there, but not as prominent as you remember. Hidden but not forgotten. Yes, you murmur. I think so. Behind Royce, or Ryan, your father's cell phone rings and he sighs. I have to take this. Penelope, it goes without saying that you'll be working closely with Ryan, as you're both prominent in the youth ministry. Although he'll be primarily behind the scenes where he's most comfortable, you'll need to show him the ropes as soon as possible so he can hit the ground running. Your father removes his glasses to rub his eyes, setting them down on the nearby desk. I know your workload is heavy lately, but I know Ryan will appreciate having an expert guide him. When you realize your silence has stretched so long and Royce, Ryan's eyes have widened a little, you shake yourself. Yes, father. Something heavy drops in your stomach, spreading out in a hot lake of anticipation, joy, disbelief, need. I'll guide him. As soon as the door closes behind your father, 
Ryan's mask hits the floor like an expensive vase, and he lunges forward, but you step backward, holding up a hand. Panic trickles into his fierce expression. What is it? Did I? His throat works. Did I take too long? There was a paper trail I needed to create Penelope. References, education, job experience, and erasing Royce took longer than I'd hoped. I don't have the same contacts I had with the department, but I handled it. I'm here. I'm here and I'm not going anywhere again, even if you changed your mind. His jaw flexes. You hear me? I'll spend my life trying to change it back. No, you whisper. Love crushing you from every side. I didn't change my mind. Of course I didn't. You hold up a trembling finger. It's just, my father always forgets his glasses. Behind Ryan, the office door swings open. Your father entering long enough to snatch up the eyewear while shouting into the phone and leave once more. After that, the silence falls like a bomb. Good to know, Royce rasps, reaching you in one long stride. He hooks an arm around your waist, lifting, and your legs hitch up, clinging to his hips like vines, as if he's never been gone, not for a single day. He shoves the paperwork and laptop to one side, pinning you down on the conference table, his erection reacquainting itself with the juncture of your thighs. That first rock against your core rips groans from both your mouths, his deeper one delivered into your neck. You'll still call me Royce when I fuck you. We clear on that? You moan as he lifts your dress. Yes, outside our bed, I'm Ryan, trustworthy employee and man of God. His zipper comes down and your pulse is crazy. It's crazy, making you lightheaded. But I'm really a man of Penelope, aren't I, baby? I'll smile and shake hands and do anything required of me, so long as the end of the day finds you in my arms. Another rougher push of his lips and on your back. You can't help it. The relief is so vast. The misery of the last month leaks out the corners of your eyes. With a muffled roar of agony, he kisses them away. Why couldn't you tell me? You breathe. I didn't know where you were or if you were really coming back. I couldn't have any contact between us until Ryan was a reality. I couldn't take any chances. Couldn't risk them separating us once we were together again. I'm sorry, baby. His hands are out of practice, jerking the panties down your legs and ramming himself home with a hoarse cry of your name, flattening you on the table, your body thrilling, already teetering on the edge of orgasm. I love you, Penelope. I'm yours. You're mine. I'll never leave again. His shuddering mouth curls into a smile against yours. Swear to God. Epilogue. 
You live two very different parallel lives now, and you couldn't possibly love it more. Since Royce made his return two months ago as Ryan, the youth ministry director with sterling credentials and a patient disposition, your days have belonged to bone-deep anticipation. The kind of anticipation that leads to stolen, frustrated kisses in dark corners of the church. The kind that leads you to wear your hair down and must. To wear tighter dresses, higher heels to work, just to drive the man who loves you crazy. You'll be Royce's when night falls. Every single sweaty, desperate night. By then, you're both so frantic. Those new dresses you've purchased often only get worn once. During the day, however, you're Ryan's colleague. And because you're under the watchful eyes of those around you, including your father, the dance has to be executed perfectly. Because Royce isn't satisfied claiming you in private only. No, he wants your relationship recognized. He wants everyone, especially the men you come in contact with, to see a diamond ring on your finger. He's uncompromising, and you're glad for it. You want the same thing. Two weeks after his return, Ryan asked your father for permission to take you to dinner. A chaperone was sent along to sit at a nearby table, forcing you to sit across from the man who pleasures your body every night and make polite talk. Royce was particularly rough that evening when he snuck into your apartment. Don't like another man restricting me from touching my woman, he'd growled while thrusting into your body. Don't like it. Don't like it. Another chaperoned date a week later was followed by actual unsupervised time spent together at the movies. Not that Ryan took any chances. After the risky reunion in your father's office, he has kept his need for you contained during the day, mostly. And your awe at his skill for disappearing into the new identity grows. You follow suit, remaining the doting daughter and Sunday school teacher, allowing Ryan to court you in an appropriate manner, not so much as holding hands in the dark theater, even though you could see the large outline of his erection rising in the leg of his dress pants, thanks to the air conditioner hardening your nipples. You'd paid for that later, too. He still dances for you some nights, sits you down in a chair, slowly removes his church clothing piece by piece, leaving only the briefs that barely contain his male flesh. And he works his hips, dipping and popping, until you brokenly offer to service him with your mouth. He loves that, bracing his hands on the chair back and receiving that pleasure from you, still dancing, still rolling his hips like you're both on stage, doing something bad. And you adore being bad. Royce celebrates that part of you, 
encourages you to embrace it. Perhaps you should feel guilty about the charade you're living for your family's benefit. But you're not. You don't feel guilty because you realized something when Royce vanished. Happiness is too easily snatched away not to grab on and cherish every single moment, no matter the consequences. Every clandestine meeting, every sensual touch of his hands and mouth, every promise breathed in your ear between the twisted sheets of your bed. Now, you wait for him in your apartment, rain pattering softly on the windows. All the lights are off, but the gentle streetlight glow will alert him to your near nakedness in high heels and panties. As soon as he gets here, your pulse is already unsteady, your mouth parted to drag in as much oxygen as possible. When his footsteps sound in the hallway, the rough scuff of his loafers outside your door. You never gave him a key. He simply showed up with one the night of his return. He made no apology, gave no explanation, just walked in like he owned the place, owned you. And he does the same now. The visage of Ryan, nothing but a memory, even though Royce still wears his church tie. The clothing doesn't matter, though. He's all Royce now, giving no attention to hair and shoulders wet from the rain. He stops in front of you, removing his jacket and casting it aside, feasting on your body with a filthy, hot glide of his eyes. I asked your father for your hand in marriage today. Excitement and affection bleeds into your lust. He's given up his true identity for you, become a new person, and just continues to plow forward each and every day. Not an ounce of regret, only love and determination. What did he say? The tie comes off, followed by the shirt, although the tie remains in his hand. Pinned by his dark eyes, Anticipation is a living thing, turning over and luxuriating in your bloodstream. He said yes, Penelope. He drops the tie over your head, slowly cinching the silk material against your throat. If he'd said no, we would have had a problem, wouldn't we? Considering you're so very fucking mine, right, baby? You swallow but the tie makes it sort of difficult. And that realization turns your thighs to liquid. Yes, Royce, I'm yours. He runs a thumb across your bottom lip, and you know it's a gesture of appreciation for using his given name. Months. It'll be months before I can even put an arm around you in that church before everyone knows whose bed you're sleeping in, I'll lose my mind. No, I won't let you. You reach out and unbuckle his belt, sliding down his zipper. Besides, we know the truth. We've been married since the week you came back to me. 
His eyes flash with intensity, memories of his midnight arrival with a discreet, not to mention bribed, minister apparent in his face. That is the only thing keeping me somewhat sane. He wraps the tie around his fist, and the material tightens some more, making your eyelids flutter, your body so aroused you squeeze your legs together. Well, Royce's smile is dark. One of the things keeping me sane anyway, you see, there's having pretty little Penelope as my beloved secret wife. And then there's conquering pretty little Penelope's body in secret. I'm having both tonight. I'm having both every night. Yes. His mouth ghosts over yours, expressions searching. You have no idea what's stealing your breath anymore. Your husband or the tightening tie. Both, maybe. You're up on your toes, just trying to stay close to his mouth, as if he could breathe life into you with a single kiss. He can. He did. You're married to a man who's dangerously obsessed with you, Penelope. I wonder if you realized how much it would scare you away. Your body gravitates toward Royce, his fisted hand that holds the tie, the only thing separating you, his knuckles pushing into your stomach. His breath is choppy now, your proximity stealing his usual hardened demeanor. This isn't the first time he's pondered the worry aloud, and it never fails to excite you, knowing your attachment to him is returned, possibly even amplified. It wouldn't scare me, Royce. Show me so I can prove it. He circles the loose ends of the tie around his throat, knotting them in some looping, intricate manner his blunt fingers hypnotic in the dim light. When he finishes, you realize if your head tugs away, the silk chokes him and vice versa. A perfect metaphor for your intertwined lives. One doesn't survive without the other. His fingers tunnel through your hair as he walks you backwards toward the bedroom. Hot puffs of air coating your lips. Time for you to absolve me again, wife. You only need absolving when you sin, you whisper. Baby, I am sin. This has been Stripped Bare by Tessa Bailey. Read for you by Karen White. We're back. Hey. That ended so unexpectedly. I can't wait for everybody to, uh, to <laughs> I can't wait for everybody to be like freaking out. Oh yeah. Tell us what happened. I mean, why don't, why don't you give a clip? If you don't, if you don't have an ending, why don't you give a minute ending yeah. to the book? Like if, uh, an epilogue. Can you do an Can epilogue, do an epilogue a on this? Wait, hold on a second. Okay, everybody's read it, so everybody's heard it. Yeah, now, so they it just heard it, book. so tell me. Okay, here's what happens. I'm going to just break it down really quick. Okay. So Sunday school teacher, stripper, uh-huh. 
like they oh god now I can't remember but they, <laughs> you can just give them an ending because they just listen to it you can he's an ex-detective like he is you know like I think he's working undercover investigating I think maybe I think oh shit he's investigating somebody oh, is it her dad it might be her dad like no 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 it's not so anyways, he goes home, she goes home with him and then he won't leave her alone. He's like, we're together now. Like, that's how it's going to be. But then he dis- he basically is like, trust me. Cause she's, she's like, I can't be with you. My dad's this mega church pastor yeah. and you're a stripper. And he's like, trust me. And then he disappears for two months. And when he comes back, he just walks into the room and he's the new pastor. <gasps> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fucking crazy. You have to listen to it. <laughs> Like, I have a choice. I can't listen to it yet, Tessa. Yeah, no, he's like, he walks in and his, her, her dad's like, oh, this is the, the new pastor. He's going to be working here. And she's like, oh. oh shit. <laughs> and then he just, like, waits for her dad to leave the room and then just kicks her brains out. It's just Oh, it's my just God. Yeah. So, what ha- like, so give us an epilogue. Tell us what happens now. What are they doing now? Where are they now? Uh, I mean, they, he's basically pretending to be, uh, like, a devoted uh, pastor when really he's just this dark, dirty bad guy that like is obsessed with his wife. Um, so I'm sure he's gotten her pregnant multiple times and maybe they're going on the road. Maybe they're doing a whole like uh, righteous gemstones. <laughs> yep. And, and putting the wool, pulling the wool over everybody's eyes. And doing all this dirty stuff on the, in, uh-huh. on the back of the churches. Yeah. Cause she knows yeah. who he really is. She knows who he really is. Mm-hmm. So anyways, it's really fun. Love it. Okay. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed it. I think I already told you guys on Monday what you could get from me, but go to readmeromance.com and enter to win a Kindle Fire. You can get all of the uh, next week on the podcast. We have uh, Tony Leo. I'm so excited. She's my girl crush. She's come to life. I know. It's <laughs> hockey, too. Yeah. Oh it's God. hockey. It's like it's a reunion game between two different series or something. Mm-hmm. So it's like really fun. If yeah. you've read any of the Tony Leo hockey series, like you're going to recognize the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have to read them to listen to the novella. Yeah. I think if, if you listen to the novella, I think it's going to send you down a Tony rabbit hole. For sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's it. I mean, you can get the Beach Kingdom bundle, like I said, for three books for two ninety nine right now. They're, one of them's an ex-con and a, and a fresh-faced college girl. <sighs> One of them is Male Male, which is pretty much everybody everybody's favorite book. Oh, movie. my God. Everybody has talked nonstop everybody about Everybody loves this. Yeah. Hate Heat mm-hmm. Stroke. And then the third one is like a guy who's been carrying a torch for his uh, childhood sweetheart her, mm-hmm. his whole life. And it's just really, it's really sweet. It's a good It's a series. great series. It's really hot. Yeah. And you've bundled it all into one now, right? Yep. You can get it on iTunes or Amazon, wherever you want to get it. That's so. awesome. And uh, Leah, tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye. 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 Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read.